Welcome to We Are All Americans, conversations about how family stories are passed down from generation to generation and what it means to be an American in the context of multiculturalism, immigration, military service, Black Lives Matter, white privilege, and indigeneity. I'm your host, Michelle Jacquis, and I'm here with Maria Elena in her son's apartment in West Hollywood, California. Welcome. Well, thank you. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Same here. Um, I thought we could start with I'll share a little bit about why I'm doing this project, and then you can share why you wanted to participate in it. That is true. Yes, that sounds good. good. So I started doing recording these conversations um, almost a year and a half ago, inspired by the fact that my, my great-grandfather on my mother's side, who was from Russia, or one of my great-grandfathers on that side, he came, most of the family on that side came to the U.S. in the late 1800s. They are Ashkenazi Jews from various parts of Eastern Europe where the borders kept changing and nobody always remembers exactly where everybody was from. But I've always been very um, aware of the fact that if they hadn't left or escaped Eastern Europe at that time that they did before the Nazis rose to power, I would not be here more of our family would have died in the Holocaust. And so I'm very concerned about the way our country is treating immigrants and migrants and refugees around the world. I'm very, I feel an affinity to the people who decide to leave their home country for various reasons to make a better life. Um, my, my great-grandfather, who was from Russia, got his U.S. US citizenship after um, serving in the U.S. Army during World War One, I. I have a great-grandmother from Lithuania who came on a fake passport. We were, t or other relatives say, well, it wasn't a fake passport, it was a passport of a deceased person. Well, that's not hers, so it's <laughs> fake, <laughs> right? Well, it was originally... Not forged, <laughs> yes, but, but not hers. Um, so... I feel proud of them for having done that. I think that was brave and important and, and allowed me to be here. Um, so that's why I started having these conversations. I'm, I want to humanize immigrants and for people who, who are otherwise, I think, demonizing them. Yeah. Well, uh, I came, I, I'm the, the first, uh, yeah of my family who mm -hmm. who came here about 50 years ago uh -huh. or thereabouts and the reason I came was at the time I was a very young wife mm -hmm. and my ex-husband was doing his medical residency and uh, Houston at, at the time was one of the places where he could come mm. And I remember so many years ago, uh, there was the opportunity of going also, I believe it was um, uh, somewhere in Boston or at another university, and the difference was $25, which at that time, $25 was quite a bit. Yeah, $25 in more pay a month. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was what made the difference to, of choosing um, Houston. Uh -huh. The 
the idea was really not to stay here. We we came as uh, residents already, yeah. uh, but to return to our home country when his residency was completed. And, and which is your home country? Which was Guatemala, your home country? in okay. Central America. Um, and that was pretty much how we ended up being here. And life took different turns, and, and I'm here 50 plus years <laughs> later. Mm. Uh, but uh, uh, I had one, one child who was born in Guatemala and, and uh, three children born in, in Houston. Mm. Uh, one of them had um, uh, health problems, uh, congenital, mm. and uh, ended up having to stay here because of her medical issues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was the best place to be at the time. Yeah. And the there was a long line at the embassy for exchange students which is what people who mm -hmm. who came here to, to study would be getting. And somebody said, just go to the other office, and that one has no waiting line. And that other office was where you receive your residency. So that was- Crazy that that was a shorter it, it line. Was, it was the shorter <laughs> line. Nobody really was planning on it uh, at that time. Wow. It was in the, in the it, well, as I said, 50 plus, it was the Vietnam yeah. War was taking place. And at that time, doctors were very much wanted mm. to mm -hmm. be sent to the front. Uh, did your husband at the time get sent, drafted? Uh, no, because he was uh, supposed to get to go after he finished, he completed his studies. And he, because he had a planned on going back to Guatemala? No, after oh. he completed the, the, uh, the residency in, in medicine, yeah. he was supposed to go to, to Vietnam. Oh, okay. But that's the, the year that they signed the peace agreement and, and, uh, and the war out. was declared. Hmm. Uh, it was really within a couple of months uh, from when he needed to to go. Wow, to. so lucky. So it was it, it was interesting times. Yes, my father was drafted, but he said his <laughs> he always said he because my parents were in college at the time. My father said he majored in booze, broads, and billiards. Oh, <laughs> and so it was like failing. So that and then kept got him drafted. From that's how he got drafted, and then he enlisted in the Air Force shortly after being drafted so that he could pick which branch. He doesn't talk about it much, but I'm pretty sure it messed him up good. Yes, I imagine. It, it was yeah. very difficult for the people who went. Yeah. Yes. I still remember all the protests of the time. Were you involved in that? I uh, know I was busy taking care of children. <laughs> I, had, I had little ones. <laughs> So it was much too busy. Plus, I didn't want to get in, in any trouble being mm. being a non-citizen. Yeah. I really didn't want to get into any. So you waited in line for the residency permit instead of the student permit? Yes. And got it? I'm and got it. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
how often do you get back to Guatemala? Recently, I've been trying to go every year or two. Yeah. Uh, there have been times when um, it takes longer than that, mm. just for different reasons. I, I don't live in, in Los Angeles, so I like to come and visit my children here whenever I can. Mm -hmm. And if I have to choose, uh, I don't have, my parents are gone now, and, and the people I remember from my childhood are gone. Mm -hmm. I have become one of the older generation yeah. now. So I do have relatives and nieces and nephews, but it's different. The kids take priority. The, t the kids take priority. Yes. Uh, when we came here, I became disconnected from from my my history, mm -hmm. uh, from my father's and my mother's family. And if you look at uh, my cousins, they are going to be looking more. I don't know if I should be saying white or European. Mm. And if you, well, my brother has passed, but both of us were more indigenous looking, or mm -hmm. at least you would know that we were mixed. And um, I was telling one of my cousins that there has to be something in there, either we are adopted or, or our families are not telling us the whole truth. Because I have cousins who are going to be blonde uh -huh. and light eyed, and uh, on both sides, my. And so, were they telling you that you had European they, ancestry, or they weren't they even did, talking at no, all? No, they did say that we had European ancestry, uh -huh. uh, supposedly British, uh -huh. but I don't know. I don't have. I want to have more information about it. I want to see it on paper. Yeah. So that's something I think I need to get information. And you said your maiden name is Wer. W. You pronounce it Wer. Yes. But but originally it might have been. Apparently, it, it, there was an I in there, yeah. but then somebody else said an H. So I, I again I need to do more research yeah. into the. Well, and the it's hard because as generations go, name my grandfather on my mom's side. His family was Kasarski, and then at a certain point, he changed it, his to Case, and his brothers changed it to Kasar, or Kasser, I've heard. And so, and I think at the time, they probably did this in the, um, maybe in the 50s or 40s. In the 1940s? I think so. Uh, well, I... So they're trying... They were already here. They were the first generation to be born here, but I do think that it was about assimilating to changing the name, for sure. I think that when they changed it to the spelling it currently has was so that it would sound... That's my interpretation. It would sound the same in Spanish. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense. Yeah, so but that if you read it yes, regardless, you won't mess up you the pronunciation. You will not mess up the pronunciation. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it's, uh, it's something I still have to find out, and I think uh, my children probably may or may not be, <laughs> be interested in knowing, mm -hmm. but I certainly am. And when I go back to visit Guatemala, 
I am finding little bits of information about my grandparents, certainly. Uh -huh. And um, from cousins, I mean, they are my grandparents and they, they were their uncles. And it's, it's, um, it's something that you lose when you move to another country, that mm -hmm. connection. Yeah. It's like starting a new tradition, really. Makes sense. Unless you stay in touch. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, have I have stayed in touch, but still, when the, the older members of the family pass away, you don't get to ask them some questions. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, okay, who has the information? It's almost like, who has the key? And I think also what I found, we were in a rush when my grandparents died. When my grandmother died, to try to get my grandfather to label photographs because we were realizing he would be the last one to know who who and his memory he didn't really remember everybody and how hard that is to, yes as everybody ages there they don't even know yes and my great my my grandmother's sister and brother had different stories about what country their mother was from so it's uh, yeah. uh, yes, <laughs> it's, it's one of those. It's, it's important to keep yeah. good records. Yes. Do you have um, any significant memories from that time period of being new to the country and what like life was like? Uh, well, I was uh, yes, I I, I do trying to adjust to, to a, the new culture. Mm -hmm. I was surprised, very surprised actually, when I went to Houston and there was so much green, so much greenery. I didn't expect it to be as, gr as green as it is. Mm. Of course, I didn't expect it to be as humid <laughs> as it is. Uh, but I also was impressed by how flat it is. Mm -hmm. I coming from a country with mountains and volcanoes. Mm -hmm. It's a very drastic change. Yeah, the landscape is the probably landscape very foreign. Is, yes, it, it, that that I kept on thinking, why, why isn't there a little hill or something? I miss that. I but I grew up in South Florida, and we always used to joke that the highest elevation was a landfill. Because it is very similarly very flat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if you are not used to it, uh, it, it it's, it's shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just add up something. Please do. Because you said, yeah. what memories do I have of that time? Uh, I remember how the country was divided at that time. Mm. I was uh, also very surprised by that. And I remember even thinking it's almost as if there is a civil war going in here, mm. uh, because yes, the the difference of opinions and uh, even within the same family were yeah. very strong. Mm -hmm. With the people going to war and those who chose to or or who evaded the mm -hmm. draft. Mm -hmm. It was very uh, dramatic, something you would see almost on a daily basis on the news. And you did not expect that before coming? I didn't expect that, no, not mm -hmm. at all. 
Murphy. Who what, has, what, what did you name? expect it to be like? More like the movies, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, we grew up watching, of all things, cowboy movies and and uh, the rom uh, romances and yeah. and all of the movies from that time. Uh, so it was, it was not what I expected. Mm. Were you disappointed? I don't think that I realized. I was much too young to, mm. to think I'm disappointed. I was surprised. It's, oh. Yeah. Uh, plus, in the back in, of my mind, I always thought I would be going back. Yeah. It was just you a temporary, temporary. Yes, just a temporary situation. And you, you talked a little bit about one of your children needing medical treatment here. Did she survive? Uh, she and did for a number of years, but oh. but eventually she did pass away. Oh, uh, thank you. Yes. And at what point did you realize you're staying here for good? At the point, well, uh, when uh, when the five years ended, and we had to make the decision of um, returning. Having to bring her back every mm. every couple of months because that's Her how treatment. often yes that's how often the doctors were were checking it wasn't really treatment if she had a heart condition mm -hmm. and they had to be checking on a very regular basis and um, and we knew that that moving to another country to our own country it would be impossible financially. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas by staying, we would have some advantages like health insurance for one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and we had a house, right? I mean, if you are traveling, you have to pay hotel and you don't have health insurance. Yeah. And, yeah. and medical care is very expensive. And it was expensive back then. So. It, it was just the acceptance of, of this is the way it has to be. Mm -hmm. I don't think I really had enough wisdom to to realize that it would be for the long haul that it would it would be become really my life in here. Did you still think it's just until she's done with whatever she needs health wise? Uh, at that time, right? yeah. Uh, I think there was always the, the hope that somehow, yes, mm -hmm. yes, I, I, I made friends, but at the beginning it was primarily from the same group of immigrants. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you mentioned something in there about discrimination, and yes, I think I've been told to go back to where I came from a couple of times. Yeah. Um, so, from from who? From strangers. Oh, yeah. strangers. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, nobody, nobody important in my life. Good. What did that feel like? The first, I was shocked. Uh, I thought, you don't know me. You don't know the kind. What kind of person? Yeah. I am. Uh, it was one of those, how dare you judge mm. me if you really don't know what I do or uh, right. am I contributing in my community or 
am I hurting you in any way? It's not like I'm taking any air from your space. Yeah. Um, recently, uh, I was I was insulted at a store, and I was shocked. Recently. Recently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the last few months, uh, I was reading something, and this old man, just like me, right made a nasty comment, almost as if he was surprised I knew how to read. And his, uh, his wife was very quick in moving him along, but, but it's, where are you? What, what, what is that bitterness and, and hatred? Yeah, because I've, I don't know them. I have not taken anything away from them. You're just standing reading? I'm just standing reading something, reading my list to, to see what I was going to be buying. So, so it's, um, yes, Does it, I should not, my husband says, don't give it too much thought because it really is it's not important, but it's shocking to me. But I think also sometimes those, even if they seem small, when they're repeated, it's, it digs deeper. Yes. Right? yes, it does. And it does have an effect. It, it has a, a, can I trust you? Mm -hmm. uh, are you safe? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, effect. So it makes me question a little bit more when I meet somebody or when I'm in a different situation. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, mm. I'm cautious. Yeah, because if others place fear on you, it makes it's it's harder to not reciprocate that. Yes, and, yeah. unfortunately, and of course not. Since I'm not very big, <laughs> that <laughs> makes a difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think about what's happening in the United States now? Uh, this is. I don't want to give up hope. Mm. Uh, and I, I have really stopped re uh, listening to the news most of the time. Mm -hmm. I, I try to get, continue being informed, but, but I'm careful also with the daily reminders of negativity mm -hmm. and uh, loss, which apparently in what I learned <laughs> when I became a citizen, because eventually I became a citizen, is breaking so many laws in, in such obvious yeah. ways. Uh, that is amazing. Uh, and I keep on being reminded I was here during the Watergate mm -hmm. uh, trials. And uh, just when I was ready to give up, the system worked. Mm. So there is a part of me which has not given up on that. Mm -hmm. I'm still hoping that there will be honorable people somewhere to where the system can work. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's depressing. I, I, how do I feel at times? Um, I, was, I went on a retreat, a women's retreat, uh, early this month. Uh, and just 
it was about a three hour drive. Mm -hmm. And when I first contemplated going, I was afraid of driving. I was afraid of driving by myself because I thought with all the angry people at, at, out there who seem to want to shove you out of this, the road, mm. um, I, didn't, I didn't feel comfortable. Um, decided against it, against giving in to the fear. Good. And went and had a wonderful time. But even driving, I thought, okay, let me say a prayer here. Mm. <laughs> so, what, yes. what were you specifically fearful of in that instance? We have had in our city some shootings, yeah. uh, road rage. And of course, you don't need to be driving out on the highway for that. Mm -hmm. So I think there was... That Texas is an open carry state, right? It is an open carry state, yes. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yes. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I'm not used to living in a place where guns are out in the open, or mm -hmm. even or even just this weekend. I was camping in Idlewild, and we went in what I thought was gonna. We we went into the town as we were leaving. And we went into what I thought was going to be like a camping supply store, but then it also had guns. And I was like, oh, I don't know, let's leave. Like, I don't even want to be in this space. Well, uh, with guns, I mean, I used to visit an aunt and uncle. They had a farm when, when I was a child, and they would allow us to to shoot to, to slaughter to, to, or to practice practice just to practice yeah. to 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 hit something an object no not anything cans yeah right. cans <laughs> or something um, but but I think that when you can just buy it and well supposedly they are, the the background checks are there mm. I don't they don't seem to be as effective and even people have issues with with getting some good background checks and a little bit of uh, you know control mm -hmm. I mean we we drive but we have to be checking our vision and checking our ability I'm to not allowed to drive without these glasses <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I know I, I'm not allowed to I also need corrections yeah uh, so mm. And we check that every year. Yeah. You you mentioned that you got your citizenship eventually. What was that process like and what made you decide to go through the process? My mother made me decide to go through the process. Um, I was facing a separation and a divorce. Mm -hmm. And um, my ex-husband used to threaten me with taking the custody away, mm. the, my, you know, my, taking my children away, and I was, uh, I would was going to be destitute. <laughs> and my mother insisted, recommended that I uh, 
get me a lawyer and maybe consider having some of the safeties of it was very selfish having some of these safety from of the protection from, what am I trying to say of a protection from the laws in here yeah uh, that doesn't sound selfish to me that sounds um, also which protecting your kids yes it, it was and uh, let's say that getting a divorce in another country some sometimes mm-hmm. it can be more detrimental to the woman than it is in here mm. so I wanted that protection for myself what, what year was this what time period in the 80s yeah that's about I think my parents divorced in probably late I forget exactly if it was late 70s early 80s I don't remember maybe it was or maybe it was late 70s but yeah that uh, they have been more protections for women yeah but it was still my father didn't pay child support that he was court ordered to pay or at least not all of it. And my mom and my sister and I suffered. Yes. Yeah, there was not a lot of, um, and then it was a challenge because also they, they got divorced in New York State. He moved to Colorado and we moved to Florida and then dealing with interstate trying to collect things. And in my case, and I think my daughter is going to probably listen to this, so. She might be surprised or not. Mm. In my case, their father did pay the the child support he was supposed to. He, the mm. court determined he needed to pay. But it was always late. It was not. Mm. So that there would be bills and mm-hmm. uh, like school or whatever. And I was always scrambling because... Yeah. Uh, I think he like. I think is my impression. He liked the, the the control of. You're going to wait until I'm good and ready. Mm. That's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. But he did pay. Eventually. That's good. Yes. So I, for them, for my children, I don't think. I hope they didn't feel it as much. But God knows, I scramble. <laughs> Yeah, and do you feel like being becoming a citizen then allowed you to access, have sort of more full access of legal protections in that situation? I don't know if in it, it, in actuality it did. I mm. just know that in my head, it gave me that reassurance. Yeah, yeah. Um, it may have been or not. I don't know how it is for a for a woman who's a resident. Yeah. Uh, but it's still in my head. It gave yeah. me that protection. Were you able to keep dual citizenship, or did you have to renounce Guatemala? You no, know, you have to. Every whenever you you at least that to my knowledge, when you t- take your citizenship, you renounce, and uh, you have to swear that you will take up arms against your home country. Well, I thought the likelihood of that happening <laughs> is, is, and the likelihood of, of the military wanting me, you at know. The time, at right the at the time, time they, they were yes, even they, putting women in, yeah. They didn't want 
women in the military that much. Yeah. Uh, but I imagine that for some people it might present a problem. Plus I had still children that I was responsible for them. And I guess the bottom line is if you have to protect your little corner of the world against whoever you have to protect it at some point, you do. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. Yeah. What do you think it means to be an American? That's, that's an interesting question for me. Mm -hmm. Because I have always considered myself an American. I look at North America Central America mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and South America. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you tell me an American, uh, I've always been an yeah, American. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a different question whether one thinks about the Americas, plural. Yes. Or now, United if you States, tell me a yeah. citizen of the United yeah. States of yeah. America, is yeah. that that changes? But. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't ask it that way. You didn't ask, <laughs> ask it that way. So for me, is is that thought that it's well, good. I've always been an American. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what it means for me to be a citizen, a citizen of any place, really, is to find my place in there. How mm -hmm. can I? How can I contribute to the place where? in there. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoy meeting people, meeting people of different uh, nationalities and different backgrounds is, mm -hmm. is something which I, I enjoy very much. So I'm always interested in people mm -hmm. and working with in different capacities, whatever it is that I'm able to do in there. So going back to my little corner of the world, whatever needs to be done that I like to get involved mm -hmm. in doing that. And I try to, I try, not always successfully. I try to look at my biases. Mm. And, uh, and yeah. What do you notice in, in that sometimes? That I, looking at my, my biases, yeah. that I've been surprised, that I thought I was very open-minded about a specific situation, uh, uh, ideas, whatever it is, and, and I realized, oops, no, I wasn't as open-minded mm -hmm. as I thought. So that's how I feel at some point inside my head. Um, and I work on that. Yeah. Sometimes it takes me longer, but, but, but I do work on it. Just paying attention to that is part of the battle. Like, I think a, oh, yes. a lot of people are not even paying attention. So. Oh, yes. Uh, it's, it, it surprises me. Hmm. It surprises me, but, but I still get a chuckle. You know, I get to chuckle about it. It's, oh. Hmm. So I found out something different and mm -hmm. interesting in there. Mm -hmm. um, and and you remarried? I remarried. Yeah. 
Yes. At what point? When my well, when my youngest went to university, mm-hmm. and I had the opportunity to be by myself for one year, I I wanted I wanted to know that I was going to remarry because the person added to the quality of my of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I had been a daughter, a wife, a mother, so always taking care of some somebody or mm-hmm. under somebody's control. Right. So I wanted also to know if I could do it myself, mm-hmm. if I was able to live with me. I've always had this feeling that every self-respecting woman needs to live briefly at least by themselves. I agree with you. And I I did the same, like, I, you know, had roommates in college and in graduate school and then I, and then at a certain point just, I was living in, on the East Coast, but my boyfriend, who's now my husband, had moved to Los Angeles to go to graduate school and I knew I was going to come join him and I had that year, last year, before my last year of grad school living by myself I sort of felt like I I need to have my own space not shared with anyone no one can control or yes uh, that is it's not because I need to Uh you know I don't have the need but I want to to experience that freedom I think is important I want to have the partnership or the yes this Uh person enhances my life it's not yeah my mom always talked about her, she got married the summer after she graduated college, so she said she went from her parents' house to the dorms to living with my father, and then I, I don't remember how long they were married before she got pregnant, and um, and then quickly, when my, I think my sister and I were four, I have a twin, we were four when, I think, when my parents divorced, so when we went away to college at the same time, she always, she talks a lot about this sense of being, at first, like really lonely, the apartment was quiet, the phone wasn't ringing, and she'd go in our room and sit on the beds and like feel lonely, but quickly figured out this is, oh, I can have a life now. And I always remember coming home, like, I don't remember what winter break or summer it was, and saying to her, you know, what's for dinner? And she was like, well, there's chicken in the fridge, the recipe's on the counter. You, I'm gonna go to the gym, you wanna have it ready for me when I come back? <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I do like, oh, this, everything this is, is serious. <laughs> uh, in my case, my, my sons would come and open the door of the pantry and the refrigerator and just stand in there, mm. open close it and go away and two minutes later they would come back and open it again I don't know what they thought was going to grow during those two minutes but whatever they thought it was going to grow you know it was they would close it again with this amazed look on their face and and then come back again to it it was funny Uh, but yes that that seems to happen. Of course, it took a little while, and I missed them very much. And I, 
remember when my youngest graduated, actually, from high school and went to, to college. I cried, and I told my now husband, there is no point to my life anymore. Oh. I, I mean, I was going out with him. We were doing fine. I was working full time. I had friends, and I would visit with them and go out and everything. Mm -hmm. I had a life. But you still but felt that. At that moment, mm -hmm. I felt uh, nobody needs me. Mm. So it took a little while to, to, to come to terms with it. And afterwards, I decided, yeah, I can live by myself. I can be alone. Yeah. And I know that I'd be OK. How long did you live by yourself before you Just a, about a year, a okay. year and a half. Yeah. Yes. And um, do I, I, I think I recall Diana Sophia saying your husband is Egypt. from Egypt. Yes. And so did you live there at some point? I lived there for about four years and yeah. a little bit longer. Yeah. A little bit under five years. Yes. Yeah. I have visited many times. And do you know his story of how, is he the first generation to come here? Yes. As well? Yes. He's also the first generation mm -hmm. to come here. Mm -hmm. um, I think he, he probably, I don't know, he probably was also thinking that the lifestyle was more like the movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, he, um, I think he, from what he tells me, he always wanted to come. Mm. Mm. So, yes. You talked a little bit about what you're fearful of, particularly when you were talking about driving mm -hmm. and, and by yourself on a trip. Is there anything else that, that you're fearful of in this current state? Oh, and uh, what are you hopeful for? What I'm fearful. It seems like there are so many things, but I don't like to to be fearful. Mm -hmm. Uh, there is there is concern definitely uh, for what I see of the destruction of the environment, which mm. is more global really mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. than just in this country. Yeah. Uh, but there is the destruction of the environment uh, where we live. We are getting more floods. Mm -hmm. Do I have an do I know why? Not really, but I know that we are getting more floods, mm -hmm. and that's becoming an issue. Um, I I am fearful that that we may reach a point where reconciliation with each other will be next to impossible. Mm. If we haven't reached that point yet, and by each other. Who are you referring to? Exactly? Uh, to the different groups of people who mm. who hate in the each world. Okay. In, yeah. the, in the in the country or in the okay. world who hate yeah. each other who who cannot listen to to what the other person has to say. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like uh, how I don't like how some groups are being treated, including the elderly. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I'm in in that group now, so <laughs> so it's first first hand experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I am concerned about the future for my children, though I do try to be hopeful. Mm-hmm. I don't like the places that I go when I let go of hope. Mm. So that's something I fight. Uh, but I am very concerned about many things, about uh, the, the conversation the public conversations which are so toxic, um, the calls for violence in different media or yeah. in different group from different groups, and um, it's difficult really not to not to be affected by it. It feels almost like a daily battle. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I have never experienced like mental health issues beyond like situational grief when someone dies right Mm -hmm. until the last few years where I feel like I'm getting panic attacks or anxiety attacks and I and I think it is around listening to too much news and and feeling like I don't either I hopeless about what what can I do to change the direction we're going in or to... I, I think that a lot of times we get into the feeling hopeless. Mm-hmm. Whatever yeah. we are doing is not enough to change the situation, which takes me back to my little corner of the world. And it might be naive in a way, but if I can contribute and participate and make it more pleasant, yeah, I do believe that that can carry on. I think it can multiply and grow. It can multiply and grow. I feel the same about raising my son Mm -hmm. and teaching in that sense, that if if I can influence in a positive way however many students I come across and my son and his friends and that watching sort of how, what's getting taught in his preschool compared to what was not taught or how the kids interact with each other compared to how we did when I was younger that just sort of I, that makes me also like sort of hopeful like that yes. in three and four year olds being taught about consent right <laughs> my son says to me mommy you have to ask me if you want a hug you didn't ask first oh my goodness yeah so consent is really like it's really fascinating like it, it, that they're all being told and reinforced you can't just go up to your friend and hug them without asking so that they're it doesn't escalate to whatever could happen later on when they're teenagers I think it's like amazing yeah that's different very much so I mean compared to like when I you know when I think about even watching 
like when a parent tickles a child, right? Yes. And you're you so innocent, but if the kid says stop and you keep tickle because you're like, this is a fun game, like sort of realizing that that's how early they learn that, that they don't that have is. control over their body. Um, you know, that reminds me of my situation with my youngest daughter. Uh, she was in middle school, mm-hmm. and they had a dance. And she came and said, Mom, so, so and so father, he was nasty. He, has, he wanted to dance with me. Somebody's father. Somebody's father. Who was probably supposed to be chaperoning and just watching. My reaction to it, having been raised well, you need to be polite to your elders, was, oh, but why, why did you, why were you rude? And she goes, mom, he was being a dirty old man. It, it took her reaction to see her pain. Mm-hmm. to make me realize how conditioned I have been to be polite and at times even though I was uncomfortable not say anything yeah. about it because that would not have been polite so I, that it, it, it really made me realize that and I I gave her her space and I respect you know I think especially as women we're we are constantly have been taught to to be polite, polite and nice and to just yes and to smile accept and it. accept it and even if you're uncomfortable and our children teach us differently yeah and so it's um, but with the general you know with your question and it's such an important question um, I really try to fight or I fight the fear every day, mm. and I don't want to give in to it. And I still work part-time. Mm-hmm. I, I work with people, and my clients are different ethnicities. Mm-hmm. And I give them the attention they deserve from each group. Mm. Um, but I also work with them in sometimes I end up talking about issues with their children. Mm. And it goes back to just, just helping each other. How mm-hmm. can we help each other? And I remember that we are in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we don't help each other, we really are going to, to make the boat go down. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I have stopped watching the news on a daily basis. I think that there is uh, uh, the way my husband says it to me is remember if it does if it bleeds it bleeds. Uh, so mm. they come up a lot of times with the most outrageous things, so that you want to look at it, but that yeah that can be depressing. Because the, the media is looking for ratings. They're looking for ratings. Yeah. I mean, they want to keep their jobs look, just sure. like the rest of for us. Sure. Yeah. So they're looking for ratings. Uh, and I, I do listen a little bit to the different ones, and, and some I absolutely, totally, completely 
um, stay away from them. I, mm. I will not waste my time. And sometimes I just do some reading, you know, reading news. Mm -hmm. I went, I, I still remember uh, when I first came here, there was a, a newscaster. I didn't always watch him, but he was considered to be the most honest newscaster, mm -hmm. Walter Conkrite. Mm -hmm. Yes. Walter Conkrite. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he would end his presentation with, and that is the way it was yeah. today. Yeah. And I like that kind of a thing. I just tell me the, the what what was it? I don't want to know your opinion at that point. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because somebody else is going to be having a different opinion. So don't digest it for me. I want to know what it was and then I can form my own opinion. Yeah. And I think that we are forgetting that thinking is important. Mm, mm -hmm. We are just reacting many times. Yeah. Uh, but I have to say that your work as a teacher is a very valuable um, and difficult, challenging. I, I see my daughter and I'm thinking, oh, bless your heart. <laughs> um, because it's not easy to, to be a teacher. No, but yeah, I don't really know. Beyond being a teacher and being an artist, I don't know what else I would do. I did have a I did have a little short stint doing a behavior therapy with kids with autism, but I I um, I think I'm better at teaching a wider range of students mm -hmm. and, and teaching art as opposed to everything else that I do. I can understand it. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, it's definitely a, a calling for it. Yeah. It's, it's well, this has been a really good conversation. It's been a pleasure to get to know you. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs>